Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Show. I am your host, Noel Olin, a.k.a. the Cajun Libertarian. And tonight we have an amazing party, a, uh, a room full of guests. Uh, you're about to meet them really quick. It is the Spike the Vote event in Indiana with the Libertarian Party of Indiana. So we're about to have a bunch of fun coming up next. And we are live on the Cajun Libertarian Show. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Show. I'm your host, Noel. And look at my shirt. It says, Dangerous Liberty Over Peaceful Slavery. And you can get one just like it at DSYDO is a libertarian-owned shirt company and designs intended to start a conversation. Use code CAJUN15, that's C-A-J-U-N-1-5, CAJUN15, for 15% off your order at disdo.com. That's D-S-Y-D-O.com. DSYDO.com. So go check out that website. Uh, they have it a bunch of amazing shirts. I'm actually getting some more in the mail coming very soon. Absolutely incredible uh, lineup of t shirts that are all like really controversial, like this. I wear this shirt every day, plus my other shirt. This is uh, government one out of five stars. Very bad. Do not recommend. So go check them out. Amazing setup. DYSDO.com. Now, without further ado, let's bring on our guests, which there are a bunch of them, including but not limited to Tanya Mills. How are you, Miss Tanya? I'm doing great. Excellent. Nice to be and then, here. Yeah, nice to, nice to have you here. And then we have an entire room of people. <laughs> so if y'all could just please go around left to right. Uh, the guy in the blue shirt, nobody knows who that is. So if you could please yeah. tell us. Who you are? I was just, I wanted, they wanted symmetry. So I was just, they wanted three on each side. I'm Spike Cohen. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Will Henry, second congressional district candidate right now. Donald Rainwater. Evan McMahon, state chair. Jeff Moore, Indiana, for Indiana Secretary of State. James Siniak, U.S. Libertarian for your Senate. That's awesome. Thank you all very much. I think I've had every one of y'all on the show, except for Miss Tanya. So, this is the first. Thank you, Miss Tanya. And thank all of you for being here. I know you guys are uh, packed, slam full of activities for the weekend and have been at it all day, along with running multiple campaigns and supporting campaigns and organizations like youarethepower.net. Go check that out, youarethepower.net. So um, what, what is it that you guys have experienced today running around Indiana? What do you expect from this event this weekend? This is a free-for-all. Y'all can just go however you want to go. I Yes, go for it. Yeah, I guess uh, sure. I'll I'll start, uh, but I, I will say what I have experienced is seeing the gains that were made in this state in 2020 with the Don Rainwater campaign. They're building on that. The state party and these candidates are building on the gains from Don Rainwater and uh, leverage building infrastructure around it, growing uh, local affiliates, reaching out to all those people who voted for Don and the many more who wanted to vote for Don, but they're still caught up in the, the good cop, bad cop, lesser evil, Republican nonsense. 
but they're ready for change and they're sick of the status quo. And if you think of how things have gone in the last two years, it's only gotten worse under both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, and I think that there's an incredible opportunity here. And uh, I'm so excited to see what uh, what Tanya and Jeff and, and James and all the other down ballot candidates in uh, in uh, Indiana are going to be able to do. That's awesome. What about the what about you? We can just keep going around the room left or right. Well, yeah, a lot of the people I've been interacting with on the campaign are, are very liberty minded. There's a lot of uh, movement afoot in the, in the second congressional district, which is the north central part of the state of Indiana. And, you know, there's been a lot of activity since the 2020 election took place and, and it's growing ever since then. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very active. That's awesome. That district. Well, and obviously I'm not running for office this year, but I am uh, doing a lot of surrogacy for uh, Jeff Moore's campaign, our, our secretary of state candidate. And one of the things that we see here in Indiana quite a bit is the, uh, dissatisfaction people have with the lack of election integrity in Indiana. And Jeff has done a tremendous job of focusing people's attention on the right ways to improve election integrity and get Hoosiers re-engaged in the election process. So that's been a very important factor. And of course, that, you know, with, with Jeff's campaign or James, or Will Henry, um, Tanya, you know, the key to success is our ability to raise money so that we can get the word out, get name recognition out. And so, you know, we're looking at uh, really focusing our attention on fundraising and on talking to voters about election integrity and the importance that that has in our ability to continue the momentum that we were able to start building in 2020. Well, so, you know, everybody knows Don Rainwater's success in 2020. At the end of 2020, he had almost 12% of the vote. He came in second place in a three-way race in 33 out of 92 counties. But we had to decide, are we going to be a political party or a social club that just talks about libertarians uh, and, and the idea of liberty? And we decided we wanted to actually fight for liberty and freedom. Uh, And so we decided we're going to act like a political party. At the end of 2020, the state party had about 15 active county parties across the state, 15 out of 92. Um, Now we have 55 active county parties out of 92. But that's all for naught if you don't have quality candidates that are out running. So aside from you've got Will Henry in the second district, You've got Gavin Maple uh, in the 7th District. You've got Tanya Millis in the uh, 9th District. You've got uh, Andrew Horning in the 8th District. You've got some great uh, statewide candidates. You've got James Siniak for U.S. Senate. You've got Jeff Moore for Secretary of State. John Schick for Auditor. And then just a whole bunch of other amazing candidates all across the state, running from everything from the state legislature all the way down to school board or township trustee. And in one of those brand new counties that's only a year old, uh, you know, in Tanya's hometown of, of uh, Lawrence, Indiana, uh, in the uh, 8th Congressional District or 9th Congressional District, Lawrence County has seven local libertarians. And, and I'm talking county and below. Plus they have Tanya. Plus they have uh, Jeff, James, and John on there. That is more candidates on that ballot than the Democrats have in that county. And we're seeing Amen. it all across the state. And 
So the candidates are the ones that are that are building the party now. We put in the infrastructure, we help set up the counties, but the candidates and all of their activity. If you look at the calendar in Indiana on LPIN.org, right next to the donate button, uh, you'll see our calendar is completely full of candidate and county party events. There is something going on in the state of Indiana every single day, and it's because of our candidates. So thank you guys for, for helping to build the party even better. That's awesome. Thank you, Alan. We're bringing forward two big pieces that are newer to libertarians. First is professionalism and second are solutions. These are the two things that will bring us into light as a real and viable option to the two old parties. Their criticism for years has been um, that we can't be effective, that we can't get elected, but we're the adults in the room and we have real solutions. Hearing them debate each other and argue against each other, it's all about name calling. It's all about um, identity and brand. But we're coming through with professional candidates, professional campaigns, professional business operations, and real solutions. We don't belong at the table if we don't have real solutions. And every candidate here, every ca candidate across Indiana is coming forward with real solutions, things, actions, not just talk, but actions that we can take now that will give us a better tomorrow. And that's what's key. That's the message that's resonating. So separate from party, separate from partisan politics is this hope and optimism and energy that we see across the state. Uh, and I certainly see it in, in Hoosiers and neighbors who come up to me when we talk about things. And it's this idea that the government can be changing or is changing. We're on the cusp of something where government's gonna answer to us. It will be accountable to us in a way that it hasn't been in, in our lifetimes, in our memories. So that's the part that gets people excited. Uh, from the Secretary of State perspective, it's coming in, it's getting 10% of the ballot access race, which is this race, or coming in second place, which puts a libertarian into each county election board where, um, where we come in second place. So these are big things that may seem small, but are massive shifts in how we're able to hold the establishment accountable in ways that are just defined. So there is energy, there's excitement, there's momentum, and your help, whether it's dollars, whether it's phone calls, whether it's texts, whether it's postcards, any and all of the above, door knocking, all those things are invaluable to me and all the other candidates who are running because that's how we're going to get this message out. And from the Senate level, uh, to further what Jeff was saying, Hoosiers are looking for solutions all across Indiana and, and solutions to inflation, solutions to constitutional rights and making sure that there's tabletop issues that affect their daily lives that politicians actually care about. Uh, they're tired of typical politicians. They want public servants who are serving them and hear their voice. And from the Senate level, we have a very unique opportunity. It's awesome to be on the ballot with so many strong candidates and to really show Hoosiers what libertarianism is and to show how those solutions that we are presenting will affect their daily lives. And once we're in office, uh, we can truly make a change and being more free uh, and, it, and it's resonating across the state. So again, thank you for having us on. Thank you to all your guests and thanks to all the candidates too. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we still have Tanya who, if Tanya is a part of this event, y'all, she's just <laughs> not able to, to be there. She's, she's more grown up than everybody else in the room, I guess, because everybody else at a house party and Tanya is doing real work. I'm kidding, obviously, but, I've been talking about today. <laughs> nice. So let's uh, let's hear from you, Tanya. 
Actually, if I could, I'd rather be with all them handsome gentlemen over there. Um, you all look good. So, um, yeah, where I'm at in the ninth district, I actually have a map here to show your viewers. This is the state of Indiana. And here's the ninth district. It's 17 counties, well, actually 17 and a third. So I have a lot of ground to cover, not as much as uh, Jeff and James as they're covering the whole state. But in the ninth district, um, I'm talking to a lot of people, going to all the county festivals, 4-H fairs, even the local fire department breakfast, fish fries, any little thing I can go to to talk to the voters. Um, I ran two years ago for the same seat. And I can tell the difference between now and two years ago with the people. Um, they are so fed up with what's going on in Washington, D.C. Um, they were a little bit two years ago, but it was a contentious presidential race, as you all know. And in Indiana, um, which leans red, the majority of the people just walked in, pressed the lever for Trump and walked out. Well, that was an automatic vote for my opponent. And a lot of the people I talked to don't even know who my opponent is. But um, and he's not running again. So it's an open seat. And I've got some name recognition this time. And I've been talking to people and it surprises me. A lot of people remember me from two years ago. And some people say, yeah, I voted for you and I'm going to vote for you again. And then there's some people said, well, I didn't vote for you, but I'm going to vote for you this time. And, um, you know, so and the vibe is very, very positive. So um, I'm enthusiastic when I'm talking to people because um, I can see they're ready for change. And I think the midterms right now is really good for libertarians. Um, and I think um, we're a good team. And we did door knocking last week with Donald Rainwater and James and Jeff. Um, a bunch of people came to Lawrence County and we got some really good feedback just going door to door and talking to people. Um, there's a lot going on in my district, like I said, and we have a huge, huge rally tomorrow um, at the Fieldhouse in Jeffersonville. Um, a lot of people are going to be there and it's called the Roll It Back Rally. Um, that's something I uh, coined the phrase two years ago. Um, the Roll It Back campaign is, is uh, rolling back the rules and regulations, rolling back the high debt. And I even had a sign made. This was two years ago, and I still have a bunch of them. Roll it back. Nice. So I'm going to be bringing those tomorrow. So um, it's going to be fun. And um, I'm getting booked um, a lot. Uh, I think I don't have a weekend free between now and November 8th. And I'm happy about that. So, um, yeah, it's all good. And um, the uh, as you all know, um, I don't need to tell your viewers Washington, D.C. is a mess. It's been that way for decades. Yep. And um, I, our founding fathers did not, absolutely did not, want a two-party monopoly, which is what we call the duopoly. So trying to convince the voters that it's okay to vote third party if you really do want to change. Because mm -hmm. some people, they used to say it more, voting third party, was a wasted vote. And I keep telling them, you know, what people say, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, if you keep voting in the duopoly, the same old politicians over and over again, you're not going to get change. That's the wasted vote. So you need to 
stand up and go vote libertarian or independence if you don't have a libertarian on the ballot. But we've got to break up the two-party system. It is ruining our country. Amen. Very well said. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, all of you. Hey, look, I know you guys are super busy. Y'all got a lot to do, so I'm not going to keep you all very long. Uh, but before we get on to the one-on-one for a few minutes, I do have a couple more questions. And I know, Evan, that you're probably you're, you're somewhat of a mastermind behind this kind of stuff. But I want to get everybody, I, you know, everybody's take on this. I think a multiplication of perspectives and opinions absolutely is valuable. So I want to ask you guys, and, and this time, Tanya, we'll start re- start with you and then reverse the order and end with Spike. What is it that you intended for this event? What do you expect and what do you need from us? Uh, which event are you talking about? Are you talking uh, about this one? The, the, the show. This okay. Weekend, despite well, the just get, just uh, talking about libertarianism and getting the word out that there is a better option. If you care about your country and you're tired of the same old, same old, then vote libertarian. Um, it, it's not the wasted vote. Voting the other way, the duopoly is the wasted vote. And I care about a lot of different issues, um, not just in this country, but foreign affairs. Um, there's a lot going on. So I encourage your viewers to go to my website, Tanya for Congress. It's real easy, tanyaforcongress.com. Um, and check out my platform and the issues I care about. And if you like what you see, you can sh- show me a little love and press that contribution button. And I know times are really hard uh, with gas prices and groceries and it's really tough. So if all somebody, if all they can do is throw me five bucks, I would be grateful even for that because it's, um, it's really hard now uh, when people are having a hard time buying groceries for their family to get them to cough up a lot of money to give to our campaigns, but we, we do need whatever we can get. So yeah, go to tanyaforcongress.com and um, you'll be able to see where I'm at on a whole range of issues. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And look, if a thousand people give five bucks, Hey, do the math. And without question, a minimum of a thousand people will watch this show. They'll see this show. Uh, The last two episodes, one of which included spike, is well over 2,500 views. Five bucks will go a long way from everyone. So please, but um, let's let's keep going. What do you expect from this event and what do y'all need from us? Yeah, so with the event, we're really excited to be doing a statewide event. But in addition to that, uh, the Roll It Back rally with Tanya, when I looked at that event, I, I really set out to run a campaign the right way. And I knew a rally would excite our base, get our volunteers working and hopefully bring in some donations. And so those are three major goals that we have for this, as well as just to have fun spreading liberty. And when we do all three of those things, we get the volunteers, we get the money, and we set our base, we will win elections and uh, we will run very serious uh, races. So just to show what libertarians can do, not just in Indiana, but across the the United States. So definitely keep your eye on Indiana because we're doing huge things here. Big time. Well, why do you think a yard sign is important? Uh, Why do I think the yard signs are important? I think yard signs are actually important because it spreads the message and it gets people curious. That's right. And even more than that, it's about social proofing. It says it's okay to think this way because I think this way too. And that's a really important statement. And so when I ask your listeners and ask anyone, if you care about this issue, if you listen to this right now, you care enough about these issues, you care enough about libertarian ideals that this means something to you. 
the most important thing you can do right now is stand up and share that and say, it's okay to think this because I think this too. And that could be any number of ways. That could be Amen. being bold and brave at your office water cooler. That could be putting a libertarian bumper sticker on your laptop or even on your car. What a weird thing to do, right? It could be um, not just posting something on social media, but being present and being real and being sincere and welcoming people, right? We're, it's like being a restaurant. We want to welcome people to our beliefs, to our values, and to connect with them when they share those values. So please be bold. Please be brave. Talk about your excitement. Talk about what you're doing. Talk about the different ways and the many different people who are already thinking and working alike. They are not alone. That's incredible. I, I, I love hanging out with people like this that are just so much more informed than me. I've never heard of the term social proofing before. And you hear it and it absolutely 100% makes great and perfect sense. So thank you very much. I love that. Um, it's not term. I didn't make it up. So uh, it's <laughs> right, right, right. So Evan, I don't know if you are or are not the mastermind behind the event, but uh, you, you obviously seem like the guy to me. We've talked before. You're very smart. I see you spike, <laughs> uh, but let us know, you know, elaborate what came to the thought process of, of this and, what do you expect? What do you need from us? Well, so I'm, I'm going to give credit to it was, it was James and it was Kenneth Fitzlaff and it was Chris Galt and Tanya Millis that really did a lot of the orchestration of this. Um, as the state chair, my job is to create the network and provide the resources. So I, I build the network of we've got 55 county parties. We've got the directors at the state party that help you fill out your paperwork. We help you. Um, you know, with your campaign finance, we do all of that grunt work behind the scenes. We, you know, when you're fighting with your campaign manager, we're the one that come in and, and calm things down. When, when there's uh, something that big that needs to be done that nobody has the experience, we find somebody to help get it done. Pushing all of our county parties to organize and hold events is because Candidates like Will and James and Jeff and Tanya and Cassie Rollon running for trustee up in Kosciuszko, Jada Burton running for 77th district uh, down in uh, Vandenberg County. It's kind of Evansville area. You know, those candidates going out and actually talking to voters and the voter hearing something that resonates with them. It's not the same lies that you get from Democrats and Republicans. You may not agree with us on everything we say, but you know we actually believe yeah, it when exactly. we say it. Yeah. Having that connection only comes from these events. We can't buy the airtime. We can we we bought a lot of radio and TV ads for Don Raybarner, and it did great. But we can't match the hundreds of millions of dollars that Republicans are going to spend in the state of Indiana on airtime. Right. But what we can do is we can out-event them. We can have more people at more events going around and talking to people. Uh, all of our candidates participated in a town hall series uh, with the Democrats. They came to me and they said, hey, Evan, could we, would the Democrat, would the Libertarians mind coming to our town halls? And I said, of course we would. It's your stage you're paying for. You're going to promote it? <laughs> yeah, we'll come there. We're still going to kick you in the teeth, but we'll be happy to come there. Uh, and it was great. 17 of them. They want to do another one because the Republicans are staying home and keeping their candidates quiet. So my, my string pulling or masterminding is encouraging all of the candidates, all of the county parties, and all of the districts to hold as many events as possible so that you have more opportunity 
to have that moment, that spark, and that individual voter who now becomes your champion because they believe in you. We can't put that on a billboard. We can't put it on a palm card. But we, we put you in front of the voter. Our candidates can do it for us. Exactly. Donald, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'll tell you what, I'd be doing a whole lot better if everybody who hears us this evening uh, stops and thinks about the fact that what we're talking about in Indiana is momentum. What we've got is we've got a, a Liberty train and it is chugging down the tracks. But unfortunately, the fuel for that train is cash. And the conductor on that train is Jeff Moore, our Secretary of State candidate, because that is our ballot access race. So I'm going to make a, you, you've asked, you know, what can you do? What can the, the folks watching do? I'm going to make a very specific ask. If you want to see the Liberty Train continue to go down the tracks of the state of Indiana, go to moreforindiana.com. That's M-A-U-R-E-R for indiana.com. And yes, the economy is crap. Inflation is skyrocketing. People are hurting. But it's because of the Republicans and the Democrats that that's happening. And if you want change I need you to go and donate to Jeff's campaign because if the Liberty train keeps running on the tracks in Indiana, it will move to Illinois and Michigan and Ohio and Kentucky and through the rest of the 50 states. If you want change in your state, it starts here with us in Indiana. We need your financial support. Amen. And we also need your volunteerism, and I'm all, I'm all about volunteering and the volunteer sector and or, working with organizations, and you've got to get involved, and we've got to get not only monetary donations, but we've got to get people involved in their local areas and spreading the message of liberty. So what you can do is get involved with your local county area affiliates, and if you don't have a county affiliate, start to look at how to, how to form that yourself and, and get involved with the party. Get involved at the local level. Go to your town hall meetings. Go, go to all of these things and make sure that your voice is heard. Make sure that the local voice is heard and, and you are able to, uh, um, you know, f fight the, uh, the issues at the ground level. And that's what it's all about is, is getting down and get, getting boots on the ground and getting people out there and moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can tell you, here's what I, I'm here for a very simple reason. I'm here to support candidates and a party who has their act together who is building on the momentum from the rainwater campaign. I, I was saying earlier, the last time I was here was for this guy's debate watch party, for Don's watch party. Hmm. And I watched firsthand as he debated circles around Eric Holcomb and whoever the Democrat was, it doesn't matter. He debated circles around them, did better than uh, any libertarian gubernatorial candidate has done in this state and just about as well as any has ever done in the party's history in any state. And I'm watching this party build on the momentum for that. And so I am happy to watch them. What is it I say all the time, Noel, when I'm on your show and everywhere else? You meet people where they are. You yep. find out what they are concerned about. You empathize with them. You demonstrate that you understand how we got there. And then you show them how our common sense libertarian solutions will fix the problems that they are facing. 
That is what they are doing every single day. That's what Will's doing. That's what Jeff's doing. That's what James is doing. That's what Tanya is doing. That's what Cassie is doing. That's what every other uh, libertarian candidate here in Indiana is doing. I am happy to support them. Now, what do I want? I want the people that are watching this to look and ask themselves, what is the future for myself and for my children and their children and future generations? What is that worth to me? And whatever that amount is, give that amount. Go to LPIN.org, find out about all their different candidates that are running, go to their websites and see, based on what they are saying, how much of that is worth get, making sure that they get their message out there. The people on the ground here are doing the work. I've been here, I'm going to be here for three days, and I'm going to be at 84 events. Not, not quite, but I'm going to be at <laughs> across the entire state because that's how much this party is putting out in terms of getting out in front of voters. So if you live in Indiana or near Indiana, reach out and see if you can be a volunteer. But wherever you are, if you want to support these candidates, give uh, Sam Goldstein, uh, who's right here in Indiana, he likes to say, give till it hurts. But I'm going to turn that a little bit. You're going to like, I just made this up just now. I say, give till it hurts the Republicans and the Democrats. That's right. I love that. So he's going to use that in the future, but it was me that said it. So we take down the duopoly, we take down the Republicrats and the Democrats, put the power back in the hands of the people, and we show the people that unlike when Team Red wins or when Team Blue wins, when Team Gold wins, they win. And that's what I need from you. That's absolutely phenomenal. Each and every one of you are absolutely amazing. Just incredible responses from everybody. I don't think there's any ambiguity as to what needs to be done for and through this event now. Thank you all so much. Uh, we're right at 30 minutes. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and move on to the single uh, time with each one, each and every one of you. The first one up is going to be, and I had it in my mind and lost it, William. So we'll go ahead and move on. We'll spend a few minutes with each and every one of y'all. And then uh, I'm going to let you guys get out of here. Like I said, you've got a lot more important things to do than hang out on the internet with me. So let's go ahead and get that started. Um, no, who's on deck? Huh? Who, who's on deck after William? After William is Tanya. She's already on screen. So I'm just going to bump her to the audience. And then... Um, <laughs> and after Tanya? And after Tanya is going to be Donald Rainwater, then James Seniak, then Jeff... More than Spike, the mother effing Judai Master Cohen. On it. All right. Tanya, I'm going to kick you down to the audience for a second, and then me and Will can get started. All right, Will, what's up, bro? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going good. It's been, uh, I don't know, probably about three, four, five months. I don't know, I can't, I hate time. I lose since track of it the, quickly. Uh, it was around March uh, since the Senate campaign. And then after the Senate campaign, uh, James got the nomination for that. Um, a slot was still open for the U.S. House in the second congressional district um, at the you know final moments. So I went ahead and threw my name in, the, uh, threw my hat in the ring for that one. Um, and that was uh, the late Jackie, Representative Jackie Walorski's district. And she just passed away in a wow. uh, auto accident um just uh just a few weeks ago in a tragic auto accident so uh they've selected their they've caucused and they've selected their candidate uh rudy yakum yakum uh is their replacement um 
but I'll be on the ballot alongside him and uh, uh, the Democrat candidate uh, on this election. And there's no incumbent. So uh, and I've got a, um, a debate scheduled for o- October 4th right now. Really? Uh, that's before the early voting takes place, too. So thanks to some folks who are uh, really looking out for people on the ballot and all those voices to be heard. Uh, I'll have a chance to debate those other candidates on October 4th, uh, you know, uh, and be broadcast uh, live to everyone in the district as well and all the TV stations. So they're all working together Wow! Um, to have that opportunity. And, and I've, you know, I've been uh, contacted just over the last uh, couple of days by media, a lot of media picking up, uh, asking me about, you know, my, you know, my thoughts on policy and, and some of these other things. Yesterday, they wanted to talk about cannabis and, uh, you know, and other other issues, too. So, I mean, uh, I've got a next Wednesday on the 31st in the morning show in South Bend, uh, which is a, a rather I mean, it's a, it's a medium sized city here in the state of Indiana, up north central part of the state. And uh, it's got a good reach. And uh, I'll be able to get on the morning show and kind of feature some of these uh, campaign um uh, focuses and priorities and things like that. So it's really great opportunity over the last uh, you know week or so developing, and now you know the libertarian voice will be heard in that district, uh, especially getting to debate. That's that's incredible. Um, you've got that just the fact that you get to debate right where so many other libertarians will never even get to see that light of day. Well, just yeah. the fact that you get to debate. And present yourself and our ideology, our philosophy on stage in front of everybody else, hands down makes us the better option because they get to hear us and they know instinctively, okay, well, yeah, those are the right answers. Absolutely. Yeah. And they contacted me. I didn't have to contact them and say, hey, you left me out, you know, and a lot of times libertarians get left out of stuff and we do have to contact the media and say, hey, you know, we're here. We're on the ballot, too, you know. Um, we should have, you know, equal representation, you know, media wise. And um, I think, you know, having them come at us like we were talking earlier, the 2020 elections really got, you know, libertarians looks in the state. And now we're being taken seriously and our views, you know, and our solutions are being taken seriously and we're becoming real contenders in these elections. Uh, and, you know, just tonight they announced, you know, someone winning a, a local election as a libertarian for a school board. So uh, those those little things like that. And we have a few others here in the state that are elected already. But I mean, things will just grow from here. And the parties and affiliates are just growing like crazy right now. That's amazing. So um, what, what do people need from you specifically for your campaign to help you out? Not just monetarily, but volunteerism. Um, Absolutely. Sharing posts, social media, those things go so far. And just those little acts like that to share a post and uh, and let your family and friends know um, that that goes so far. If you don't have money, uh, volunteer. Absolutely volunteer if you can for a campaign or, you know, donate uh, just that little bit of time to share uh, some social media posts or maybe some uh, some posts that you like from that candidate or even their website. Uh, my website is williamhenry.us. It's very easy. William Henry, my name, regular spelling.us. Uh, you can read more about me on there. Uh, you know, I'm a veteran. I'm an advocate. I'm an activist. I've been very busy here in the state of Indiana for a number of years. 
uh, and working with a lot of not-for-profit organizations and calling out fraud, waste, and abuse and uh, really getting my hands dirty and, and getting down on the ground with folks. And I really understand, you know, where people are coming from. You know, I'm a, I'm a regular working class individual. Uh, I have to deal with the daily struggles that everyone else does. And I think a lot of voters are going to resonate yeah. with that. I 100% agree. Before I, uh, before I let you go, I do want to ask you if you could just give us maybe, you know, uh, 60, 90 seconds on when you're talking about uh, veterans. What is it exactly you mean? What what's the help that you're wanting wanting to implement? Mainly, it's ensuring we fulfill our portion of the contract and give them the health care that they need. And a lot of times, when our veterans come home, uh, they're not being treated uh, as well as they should be, and they're not getting the care that they should be. A lot of times, the VA uh, scheduling times are backed up for months. Uh, veterans can't get in there, so. You know, I really want to revamp the Veterans Choice Program to allow veterans to go into uh, their local uh, general practitioners in a local hospital and for issues that are service connected. So these 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 folks who regularly go to the VA for service connected disabilities would be able to be treated for those disabilities at their local hospitals and not have to wait an exorbitant amount of time for these for these uh appointments. So really, it would be to streamline uh, that program, give more access to veterans to their local uh, community health care, and also streamline the medical billing uh, and other aspects of that. Um, so it can be, those issues can be solved across VA, um, the VA channels to the community health care channels. Right. That I mean, that's absolutely amazing. And uh, We'll we'll get some time. When is your when is your election? I know it's in the November, but when exactly? Uh, November eight is uh, November election 8. day. Okay. So we'll we'll be uh, going to the polls that day. And uh, I'm also you know because of Jackie Walorski's uh, death, there'll be a special election held the same day as election day to fulfill the rest oh, of wow. her uh, term uh, in office, which would be about a month ahead of time as, as normal that, that, that winner of that elect, that special election would go into office. So it's, con- wow. they're running it parallel, uh, with the general election, but the, there's going to be a lot of confusion too, because the district has changed since then. So, uh, there's going to be an old district that sees us on the special election ballot, but not on the general election ballot. And there'll be general election folks who don't see us on the special election because uh, they weren't included at the district at that time. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Secretary of State and the Election Commission uh, handle that uh, election and see how those results come out. That's excellent. William, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank I know you all so are having much, a bunch William. of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Y'all are having a bunch of fun and y'all took time out to come hang out with me. So thank you very much, sir. Thanks, brother. Y'all have thank a you great too. evening. You too. Yes, sir. All right, williamhenry.us, go donate real quick before we get on to Miss Tanya. Let me get back to where I'm supposed to go. Oh, wait, I wanted to change that real quick, and I did not do it. One second, I am doing this right here, lpin.org, L-P-I-N dot O-R-G. Go there and find out all about the Libertarian Party of Indiana. Okay, lpin.org and donate, 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 even if it's just five bucks. Now, we're about to bring Tanya back on, but real quick, we have another sponsor for the show, Gap Armory. Gap Armory carries a wide variety of parts and accessories. Whether you're looking for build kits, 
for 3D printed firearms, optics, outstanding level four body armor, or anything in between, they have you covered. Gap Armory is libertarian owned and operated. They also accept Bitcoin. Gap Armory has the gear you need to bridge the gap in your defense preparedness. Get what you need today at GapArmory.com. That's G-A-P-A-R-M-O-R-Y.com. G-A-P-A-R-M-O-R-Y.com. That's GapArmory.com. Thank y'all very much for sponsoring the show. Miss Tanya, how are you? I'm still doing great. Excellent. <laughs> Let me get this. Uh, the screen's not working right, is it? So what? Um, let me get this off of here and move you back. I don't know why it's doing this. Well, we can split oh, the I screen. See. I don't mind sharing. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I, I don't. Okay. I don't think. I, yeah, I haven't done too many multiple screens on one screen before, so forgive me. I'm uh, that's okay. I'm still very much a, a newbie at this stuff, so. Uh, tell us exactly what you have going on with your campaign that you haven't told us already and how we can help. Okay. Well, um, I have a ground game going on and, um, my campaign, uh, here in 2022 is a little bit, uh, better and stronger than it was uh, two years ago. Um, I do have a good team and I do want to give some credit, a shout out to, um, my campaign manager, Chris Galt, and also my communications director, Darren Kinzer. They have been very instrumental behind the scenes in um, helping me out with my campaign and also were um, very involved in organizing and setting up the Roll It Back rally that we're having tomorrow afternoon. So um, Team Tanya is um, rolling up the tracks and... Um, yeah, I'm very happy with what's going on. And like I said, I'm doing the door knocking and the groundwork and I campaign everywhere, even at the gas station or if I'm at the dollar store buying stuff, I'll campaign to the people standing in line um, and pass out my car. So it's nonstop. So I just uh, don't have a, an official campaign day or event that I only campaign. Right. Um, yeah. I was at the eye doctor this morning, um, just a routine checkup, but campaigning, you know, so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 24 seven and mm -hmm. we, we need to get the word out and, um, people need to know that libertarians are serious. Um, I consider myself a constitutionalist and, um, it's just real important when you talk to people and everybody has their own, um, issue that they care about because it's not um right yeah it's not the same for everybody so when i talk to people and i can go down a list of things on my platform they're not going to always agree with me on everything but we always connect on something there's always issues that um we can come together on and and it it works out um in my favor that I'm versatile in that way. Um, well, and the constitution is what everybody should be about anyway. Um, this big bloated government we have is unconstitutional. We, we do need to roll that back. So people are hurting and it's because of the broken two party system. And I think the people are starting to figure that out. At least that's what I'm seeing. They're figuring it out. This, this is, we're done. We've had enough of this. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, it's completely out of control when you talk about a bloated government. I mean, it's beyond any like uh, foreseeable repair without decades of work, which is possible, which we need to be aiming towards. But uh, you said you are more of a constitutionalist, so I wanted to ask you one of your uh, one of your bigger talking points, I believe, or one of your biggest not talking points. I shouldn't have said it like that, but your beliefs and your wholehearted beliefs is uh, the right to bear arms. So tell us a little bit more about where you stand on that and what you think that should look like, please. Okay. Well, the second amendment is there primarily um, to protect the first amendment. Um, But also to, when I explain to people, um, they'll complain, well, you know, the citizenry should not have the same armament as, you know, the police and this and that. And um, Hmm. one thing they don't understand is the founding fathers, our framers, the patriots, um, when they fought and died, bled for our independence, they didn't do that coming off of a hunting trip. They did that to free a nation. And at the time, they only had muskets or whatever, or knives, whatever they had to fight with back then. Um, It wasn't about hunting. And I, when I relay that to people, because, and I've used this before um, at a town hall, if they could, back in the 1770s, if they could get in a time machine and transport, I'm talking about our patriots that won our independence from a tyrannical king, and now we have a tyrannical government. So if they were able to get in a time machine from the mid-1770s to 2022, they would get out and they would look around and say, uh, we, the people, need tanks and helicopters. They would. But I'm not advocating for people to, you know, go to war. I'm advocating for people to be an army of voters, go on November 8th, vote to fix the problem, vote to get rid of the two-party system, vote to roll it back. So, um, yeah, and this, you know, going back to the Second Amendment, uh, we've lost so many of our freedoms and liberties in other areas as well. Um, you know, I could go on and on for hours just with the long right. list of stuff, and I won't do that. But if you go to my website, Tanya for Congress, um, you can catch up on a lot of the things that that I'm talking about and that I care about. Is that Tanya with a number four or Tanya with F O R? F O R. It's it's like right here, Tanya F O R. Oh, I see it now. Sorry. Yeah, Tanya <laughs> for Congress. Yeah, F O R. Yeah, or or if you just put Tanya Congress Google, it'll it'll bring it up. Yeah, because I'm the only Tanya on the ballot. So. <laughs> Right. Or at least in Indiana, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I tell people and I think all the I'm time. The only time you're running for Congress across the country, so yeah. <laughs> nice. No, it's the same for me. I tell people all the time. They're like, "How can I follow you?" I mean, dude, you could just Google the Cajun Libertarian. I'm the only one. I mean, if there's anybody <laughs> that's even close, even trying to uh, copy me or anything, they're not going to have the following I do. So, this Cajun Libertarian, you can Google me. So, same thing for Tanya, but Tanya for Congress. That's T O N. Y-A-F-O-R-C-O-N-G-R-E-S-S.com, TanyaForCongress.com. The reason I spell that stuff out like that is because there's a lot of people that download the episodes later, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. So I want to make sure that they're getting all of that information properly. And so um, 
Thank and you I very have much. Seen people use the number four instead of spelling. Right, exactly. Word. I have seen that, but no, I I haven't done that. No, that's exactly right. That's why uh, that's why I asked because there's well, you you. Know, a lot of people that use the number, <laughs> and I want to make sure we get it right because, like we talked about earlier, five dollars can go a lot of way. And there's going to be, and I said earlier that you know, well over twenty five hundred people have watched my last two episodes, and that was even false. That was just on Twitter. That's just on Twitter. So $5 will go a long way. TanyaForCongress.com. Please go check thank it out. You. Tanya, thank you so much for being oh, on the show. Oh, you're quite welcome. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll get to talk to you again very soon. We will. We will. We'll keep in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So let's see. Next we have up. That looks like freaking James Seniak. No, it's James Seniak. I'm here. I'm running for uh, for Senate. Uh, and we together, we can beat big spending, anti-Second Amendment, Todd Young. <laughs> that sounds like a winning plan. Winning yes. recipe, William. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, James. Or I'm sorry, Don. No, wait, it was, yeah, James. J uh, James Seniak. James Seniak. <laughs> Seniak. I forget if I if I pronounce it Seniak or Seniak, but that's, that's who I am. And if you can... Uh, if you can help my campaign, I would greatly appreciate it because only you can help me beat big spending, big spending Todd Young. Yeah, and, and look, hey, if anybody's going to criticize you for forgetting the last name that you've had since birth, uh, I, <laughs> I'm absolutely against them for that. That I will not stand for that sort of bullying, cyberbullying. It's unacceptable. It's not right. And if you go to my website, Tanya for Congress, you will find out. Uh, it's T-O- <laughs> N-Y-A-F-O-R, not the number four, four spelled out in English, congress.com. You can find out about my race. No, listen, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be in Indiana. Uh, that's what it is. I'm happy to be uh, helping these candidates. You know me, man. Wherever liberty is flourishing, wherever yeah. people are doing the work on the ground, I will be here to help in any way I can. And that's all I've seen the whole time I've been here is libertarians coming together to make this happen, to do the work that needs to be done. We have gone from protest movement to legitimate third party to the only third party to in this state the second party in many counties here in indiana and we're just keep they good they're moving forward and i'm happy to help in any way i can yeah and you're always there you you and you know i know i know everybody knows this or at least a lot of people know this you're everywhere all the time you're helping out your boots on the ground yes. literally in, the, in every state of America helping yes. this movement. And, and we owe you a debt of gratitude that more than likely will never be able to pay back. And so on behalf of all of us and America, thank you so much for the work that you put in because it's unparalleled. And thanks to Tasha, who is vastly more attractive and more competent <laughs> and more, uh, you know, just better in every way. here. Why, why would you do that? Why would, <laughs> this is my, this is the, this isn't the Tasha, the vote house party. This is the, <laughs> the vote house party. Why does this always happen? You, you, you want to know why? It's because she's never on screen and she rarely ever gets any credit for being the spouse of somebody who works his ass off all around the country all the time. Yeah, no, and that includes a sacrifice. No one ever. No, none at all. No. References including including in Atlanta when it said Tasha's spouse. That didn't happen. I can't uh, even right. tell you what the sign said here because there might be children watching. 
But the, oh, the, it, it's it just keeps getting worse. You know, I'm a human being, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I have feelings. I know, you know, I'm the big tough guy. I'm taking on the ATF on the internet and all that. So that's great. But I have feelings too. I hurt. If that's you right. prick me, I bleed. If you refer to me repeatedly as someone's husband instead of by my name, I start to feel like less of a person. You know, I have also feelings. That's really what this show is about, is the fact that's what the, I don't want to talk about libertarianism anymore. I would like to talk about my feelings. And we never do that. That never happens on any of these shows. We never talk about my feelings, James Seniak's feelings, uh, that if if you go to, I presume, I think it's Seniak for, is that it? Nailed it. Yep. Seniak four. That's it. That's With the number four? Nailed it. Yes. Seniak for the, the number four. For, yeah. for that, for my congressional run as Tanya Millis, it's F-O-R. But for my Senate run as James Seniak <laughs> or Seniak, it really doesn't matter, uh, is uh, it's it's uh, the number four. So there's a key difference there. But yeah, I have feelings. I forgot. What, were we talking about something? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we were talking about um, how great the legislation around canceling student debts is and yes there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't do it because there's absolutely no reason it will drive up inflation or no. affect anybody else who decided uh to wisely not invest in a wasteful college spending loan mm -hmm. or yeah. degree for yeah. uh i don't know you know like animal gender studies That's i think my about. i think my favorite part uh of uh this plan uh is that it takes all of the root causes of the skyrocketing cost of tuitions, uh, which are largely that the uh, the colleges can charge whatever they want because they're government-backed loans and they, they're not having to make the student, they're not charging what the student can afford, they're charging what the federal government can afford. Uh, and then the, the, the fact that the uh, lenders can lend whatever they want because the loans are being backed by the government uh, and the students have no uh, real oversight in any way uh, because a, they're being uh, the, these predatory lenders are hitting them at you know 18, 19 years old to take on five and six figure loans. They're not even old enough to to drink or rent a car yet, but they're taking on like mortgage sized loans. And they took all that and said, you know what the what we can do is supercharge all of those conditions. Uh, we can take those and hmm. make it create a policy that hits all three of those, makes all of the conditions worse. Uh, and there's no way that will make tuitions rise in the long run. Uh, also, we're going to address inflation. Hi, Cassie. Uh, uh, and it's roll on, by the way. It's not roll on, which is what I've been saying. It's <laughs> roll on, Cassie, roll on. And you can help her in her race uh, for town board, township board uh, in the town of the township Anyway, so yes. the, 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 thing, yes. the other thing with inflation is that it is being caused by deficit spending. And clearly this plan will help with that by adding $300 billion of deficit spending. So that's what I like about that plan. I'm James yeah. Seymour. <laughs> for Congress. For, for, and, well, no, for Senate. No, no, no it's, hold on. As okay. James Seniak, I'm running for Senate. As Tanya okay. Millis, I'm running for Congress. Congress. And as right. Cassie Roland. I am running for the township of Kosciuszko. Kosciuszko. Yep. We actually have a Kosciuszko here in Mississippi. So that, I know really? how to pronounce that. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, there's a Kosciuszko in Mississippi for sure. 
Even though I'm from Louisiana, people still try to, I don't know, random people on the internet try to badger me. Like, oh, you call yourself Cajun, but you're from Mississippi. No, I just live in Mississippi because that's where my wife's from. And that's mm-hmm. how that works. Why? What? What's a Kosciuszko? What is a Kosciuszko? I'm pretty sure that that's where like an Indian guy selling random stuff in the middle of a mall. Oh, wow. And that's where we get the word. Yes. Kosciuszko from. That's, that's absolutely 100 percent. That's correct. powerful. So yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was not expecting you to pop in here, but <laughs> I did want to ask you this with the uh, I, I'm actually pretty proud of myself that I was able to the, the pop off that student loan thing right off the top. Yeah, of no, it was good. Which was... I think is horribly terrible, by the way. It, it's incredible, right? Like all of the the what, what flows downstream of this is going to be not only does it incentivize more predatory student lending yes. on the people that are being charged with it that this is only an instant they will keep on doing it yep. and the people will keep on getting it so we're not actually solving anything hmm. plus let's add the fact that it's only ten thousand dollars which is what why are you going to do ten, this is like minimum wage if you're going to do ten thousand dollars why not do five million why not do a hundred thousand dollars why not yes. just cancel 100% of everybody's student loans? Oh, but no, it's just for the poor, except it's for people that are under $125,000 a year or couples making $250,000 a year or less. None of it makes sense. All of it adds to every problem of our inflationary and economic issue that we have on the books today. Yeah. And if you are, you know, they say it's it's uh, uh, people making 125 or less. If you're a the child of uh, wealthy parents who's going to school, on on a loan, you probably aren't making anything yourself. You're you're either living off of your parents or you're working part time. So a lot of wealthy kids are going to be getting their their student yep. loans paid as well. And it's as we know, uh, taxes are disproportionately paid by the poor and working classes. So people that didn't go to school or people that went to trade school because their loans aren't getting paid off. It's a bunch of people who didn't go to college that are paying off. Uh, and helping to subsidize uh, multi-billion dollar university systems like yep. Harvard that has a $42 billion endowment. Yale has a $31 billion endowment. And since we hear these billions so much, it almost desensitizes us. To put that in perspective, both Harvard and Yale have larger endowments than the entire gross domestic product of Afghanistan. Like it's these are country-sized Jeez. endowments that these that these university systems have. And so we are tapping the the poorest among us to pay for some of the wealthiest among us in their loans and some of the wealthiest uh, educational systems on the planet, but the wealthy, wealthiest educational systems on the planet. And we're rewarding them for skyrocketing tuitions. We're rewarding the lenders for predatory lending. We're rewarding students who many of them didn't make the, the best choices. But I will say of the three, they're the ones I'm, I'm the least upset at because often these are like 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds that are making this decision. It should be the adults and the, the people mm. who, it should be lenders who know that if this loan goes bad, they're gonna lose their investment who make smarter choices. But because the government's backing it, they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about uh, maximizing, you know, putting maximum debt 
on children and not really caring if it works out for them or not. And it, it's an absolute mess. The way that you fix this is simple. Number one, you end student, you end federal student lending. And if that means right. ending the debt that the federal government's holding of students, great, fine. But end the lending too. Get the government yep. out of it. Get the government backing out of it. Let private lenders put up their own money with their own underwriting and their own skin in the game to put out these loans. The next thing you do is you end the uh, uh, the, the policies that Biden put in place back in the 70s and 80s when he was uh, in Senate representing the financial companies and uh, you you make it so that students or borrowers that truly cannot afford their student debt are able to discharge that student debt the same way they could discharge any other debt that they truly cannot afford in bankruptcy court. Give them that ability back. And then these lenders know that they can't just lend anything. They have to lend something that they know they'll be able to get it back because they could lose That's everything right. in bankruptcy court. And that will force the colleges to charge less in the tuitions because they know they can't just charge whatever they want. And it's going to get back by the federal government anyway. Get government out of it and it gets better. I'm James Sinek. Yeah. <laughs> for Senate. Yeah, Senate. and Tanya Mills for Congress. <laughs> and yeah. I'm Tanya Mills for Congress, too. I'm both at the same time. And I'm Cassie Rallone yeah. for... Um, Kaza Wiskowski. Kaza Nailed Kaza it. Cassie Rowland for Wayne Township. Wayne Township she also gave <laughs> which is in Kaskowski. Yeah, she gave me a compliment. Yes, perfect pronunciation for Kaziesko. Kaziesko. What's amazing to me is that, number one, I guess it's not amazing, right? The government's been doing this for a while, but I, th I think that we're seeing this play out in real time that they're overplaying their hand here. Yeah. Uh, once again, this administration has habitually overplayed its hand in everything that it's doing and acting like we can't find out what's what's going on. I hear a lot of people acting like they're saying, hey, wait a minute, we even left us. They're like, this isn't right because th what they're trying to sell you is that they're Robin Hood but what they're actually doing is they're the sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. This is this Literally. is yet another, right? This is just yet another transfer of wealth from the poor to the wealthy, to the which wealthy. we saw the most extreme example of during COVID. And it's yeah. amazing to me. Like I, I'm torn between the fact that they're just intentional and they don't care, or they're so caught up in this bubble that they live in that they actually believe that this is going to sell to the people because if they actually believe it, then we're going to continue down this line of thinking that they really do think we're that stupid. Yeah, exactly. They are. This administration has been uh, habitual line steppers. They're actually worse than the sheriff of Nottingham. They're actually Sir Hiss, which is even the <laughs> worst. The Sir, Sir Hiss was way to me. I was the scariest one out of all of them. Um, but I, I think the thing is, and we know, it's not like you can just replace them with the Republicans. Donald Trump signed off on $7 trillion in debt in four years he did this. That's record. He blew through the Obama record. He ran yeah. up more debt than George Bush did in two terms, which up until that point had been the previous record. I think at that point, George Bush had run up more debt than any other president uh, combined. And now here uh, Donald Trump comes in and runs up more debt than, than uh, Bush ran up. And he did it in yeah. one term. Uh, yep. Todd Young, who I'm running against as James Seniak for Senate, has signed off on $11 trillion in debt. This is more than Bernie Sanders has signed off on. 
He has spent more than Bernie Sanders wow. in the same amount of time that they have been in office. And he's a Republican. So we know we're not going to get it from the Republicans. We sure as heck are going to get it from the Democrats. And that's why we need to vote gold. That's why we need to get libertarians in. We know that they have the best solutions. We know that they aren't habitual line steppers. We know that they're the true Robin Hoods ending the system of central banking and taxation, taking all of that power that they've stolen from the American people and putting it back in their hands where it always belonged. I'm James Ceniak. I'm also Tanya Millis. Cassie Rolon, I'm Will Henry, uh, I'm John Rainwater, pre, uh, prior announcing that I'm going to be running for governor again in 24, uh, and uh, I hope that you will support all of my various uh, personalities that I have um, by going to lpin.org and uh, and supporting our candidates, because, uh, I mean, we're doing the hard work, and I'm, I'm very proud to be out here and helping them, and, uh, mm. you know, let's just keep fighting for liberty, and I love you, man. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. No, I love you, Spike. Thank you for coming on all the time, dude. It's a you're a very busy man, but yet somehow you find time to come out and hang out with me, a pleb, a, a useless nobody on the internet. So you are you the man. I didn't Thank say you. it. You said that. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I would I'll never. I would never say that on your show. I would never you're, say no, that. No, no, love you no, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you, Spike. <laughs> oh man, dude's amazing. Always, uh, Spike is a great friend of mine. We we love each other very much. Um, Love having that guy. Uh, just a brilliant dude. Absolutely amazing. So make sure that um, we have some fun with that. Go to James Ceniak. Go to Tanya Mills. Go to Cassie Rowland and donate. Donate your time. Donate energy. Donate. Look, it doesn't cost a second of time. Okay, it may cost two seconds of time and absolutely zero pennies to hit the share button. All right on anything that these people are sharing, including this episode. And if you like what you're hearing, if you want to help support the movement, then make sure you hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe to my channel, hit the notifications bell, so that every time I go live with amazing guests like Donald Rainwater and Spike Cohen and James Ceniak, Tanya Mills, the entire basically Libertarian Party of Indiana that is running for office, you will be right there in the comment section knowing how you can help, how you can spread the message of liberty and how we can actually take back the authority that was given to us via the Bill of Rights with the consent of the governed. So with that being said, let's get to our last sponsor of the evening, and then we'll get back to our absolutely phenomenal guest. Joe Solosky is running for governor in Pennsylvania. Go check him out. Joe Solosky. Met him in person. Talked to him quite often. Absolutely great individual. So if you're looking for authenticity and a candidate in Pennsylvania. Libertarian minded. Go check him out. Joe Solosky for Pennsylvania. Thank you, Joe, for covering or sponsoring the show. Next up, Don Rainwater. How are you, Mr. Donald? I'm doing all right, sir. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you. It has been, you are one of the first persons I ever had on this show which is barely a little over a year ago now. And it's quite amazing how not just uh, this show or this brand, but also the Libertarian Party of in Indiana has grown in just a short period of time. A lot of that stems from your success, not just on the debate stage, but as your campaign as a whole. And so th there's something that you've been very specific about that I think you'd like to talk about. And I'm interested to learn about, and hopefully everybody else is too. You, you're very, uh, very, let's say, 
I'm I'm losing the word here. I guess um, you really desire to have the uh, audit elections audited prior to certification. This is something I'm not very familiar with. Can you explain exactly what that is and how you plan on um, getting that done? Well, I, I can, and and let me first of all say that uh, this is one of the platform planks of uh, our Secretary of State candidate here in Indiana, Jeff Moore, uh, and and it really uh, dovetails into uh, a, a series of things that Jeff believes, and 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 I also believe uh, we need to do in Indiana to raise the level of our election integrity. And, and reinvigorate Hoosiers' confidence uh, that their vote counts. Um, one of those, the, the, the first thing is that um, we need every vote in the state of Indiana to be recorded on a paper ballot, whether that vote is taken on a machine or whether it is uh, recorded by the voter on a piece of paper, there needs to be a piece of paper that can be audited for every vote in the state of Indiana. And that audit should occur prior to the vote being certified. Now, for those folks who maybe don't know what the process is, um, in the state of Indiana and uh, in uh, in the federal elections as well, Um, at some point, the vote count, the results of the vote are certified as official. Now, Hmm. many people know that in 2020, there were a lot of folks who questioned the validity of the accuracy of the certified vote, uh, Vote certification on the federal level took place on January 6th of 2021. Right. Uh, We all know what happened on that day uh, in Washington, D.C. But in the state of Indiana, they also certify the vote. And what Jeff Moore has said is before the vote is certified, an independent audit of the vote should take place. In the state of Indiana, they audit a few counties and a very small percentage of the vote today, but that audit is done by the state and it's done after the vote is certified official. Hmm. Jeff is promoting the idea that we need to have a 100% auditable vote. All votes should be recorded on paper and that that audit should be independently implemented by a third party organization that then can say we've audited all 92 counties in the state of Indiana the vote appears to be correct. You can go ahead and certify your results. Yeah, That would improve the verification process of the vote for Hoosiers. 
And that's something that we feel very strongly about. And here again, that wasn't my idea. That was Jeff Moore's idea, our uh, Secretary of State candidate here in Indiana. And, and I'm going to go ahead and, and make a shameless plug <laughs> and again say that I would encourage you, please go to moreforindiana.com, M-A-U-R-E-R-F-O-R-I-N-D-I-A-N-A.com, More for Indiana. Hit that donate button. The more money that Jeff's campaign has to run radio ads, uh, we actually spent some time last week recording. Um, Jeff recorded some radio ads. I recorded some radio ads for Jeff. Um, Jeff is going to be recording a television commercial, and we need to be able to get those on the airwaves across Indiana as soon as possible. Yes. So if there's anybody out there who, you know, you hit the lottery and you're not sure what to do with that money so that your family doesn't, <laughs> it, uh, donate it to Jeff Moore. He'll put it to good use. Amen. No, that that's absolutely excellent because I want to, I want for anybody, look, most of the people out there, are much more informed uh, than I am. I'm still a very, very much a rookie at this. I've been less than two years in it. But for anybody curious or, or maybe wanting a little bit more fleshing out of what we're talking about here, what we're looking for is vote integrity, okay? Because when you don't have transparency and vote integrity in our elections, then you wind up with a disaster like we have on January 6th, where that literally no matter what your feelings about that day is it incentivizes the federal government and these bureaucracies that can't be held accountable yet to go after everyday ordinary citizens because these ordinary everyday citizens believed whether whether we disagree with them or not which i personally do disagree that the 2020 election was stolen so what don and correct me if i'm wrong here don what we're talking about here is voter integrity and authenticity and transparency so that we don't have any more confusion as to whether or not a candidate was truly elected in our uh, our system. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's I think it speaks a lot to voter engagement. We don't want people to say, I don't think my vote counts, so I'm not gonna vote. Because right. the reality is is our right to vote is our main tool to ensure that we can protect our other rights. Government's only legitimate purpose is to protect our individual rights. And when we don't vote, we let people vote people into office who don't do that. And then we sit back and we say, government is screwing me over. Yeah. But we're not voting. We're not making a change. Or we're saying, well, I don't want uh, the Democrat, so I've got to vote for the Republican. Or I don't want the Republican, so I've got to vote for the Democrat. Instead of doing what your conscience tells you is right, and doing what is 
going to protect your individual rights. And the first and most important thing we can do is let voters know that their vote counts and that it matters. And a vote that is voted from your conscience and your heart always counts. The vote that doesn't count is the vote that you make out of fear. Because that's what they want, folks. Our government today, the Republicrats and the Demopublicans, what they want is for you to be scared. And for you to be scared into doing what they want. And that's why it's so important. It's so critical that we help people understand that there are common sense ways to ensure the integrity of our elections and that elections have been rigged for decades. This isn't new. These concerns are not new. Right. There have been, you know, padding the ballot box, uh, dead people voting, uh, people Uh, them picking up busloads of people and taking them to one polling place and then taking them to another. This has been going on for decades. We have to have common sense solutions to show people that there are common sense ways to make sure that people can vote and that their vote counts. Amen. Don, before I let you go, I got to ask you, man, um, now, like I said, it's been, it's been a little over a year since we talked last. You were really the first celebritarian that I ever had on the show. I've been podcasting for less than a month. You made such massive waves in the national news, right? <clears throat> Before I had you on the show, I knew who you were, right? Like I, I knew from, like I said, I'm a rookie. I'm a newbie in this movement. And, and I knew who you were through national news. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's like really killing it in Indiana. He's making national waves as a libertarian candidate. Why did you uh, decide to opt out from running again? Well, I haven't opted out from running again. Um, our, For example, our governor's race isn't until 2024. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The reality is, is. That in 2022, our ballot access race in Indiana, the Secretary of State's race, is the most important race, in my opinion, for the future of individual liberty and limited government in the state of Indiana. Because if you believe in limited government and you believe in individual liberty, the Republicans and the Democrats are not your cup of tea because they don't believe in that. They believe in big government. They believe in control, uh, force and fraud. And so therefore, you know, our our ballot access rate. So me getting behind Jeff Moore is the most important thing that I can do in 2022. And I would say that, you know, here again, if you really want to make an impact as a libertarian in 2022 and you don't have anybody else to get behind, I encourage you one more time. That's right. Moreforindiana.com. M-A-U-R-E-R-F-O-R-I-N-D-I-A-N-A.com. More for Indiana. Go donate, 
If you can come to Indiana and knock on doors, we'll take you. We'll take you out. We'll knock on doors. We've got uh, a walk book with registered voters. So we have targeted door knocking and, and we'll put you to good use. We will wear out your tennis shoes if you want to <laughs> come out and, and, and really make an impact on, on liberty in the state of Indiana. We'd love to have you. That's amazing. Donald, you are fantastic. You are an absolute uh, you know, forerunner for all things liberty within the country, not just Indiana. Thank you for throwing your weight behind something that I personally believe. Hey, I'm know trying to lose know. weight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a good zinger right there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely great. And um, we, we, we can use your voice in more ways than I know that I could possibly imagine. And I hope that more ways than most people and even yourself could imagine. So we appreciate you to an absolutely amazing extent because you have been exceptional in this movement and you continue to be, and you're obviously working so hard moving forward. Donald Rainwater 2024 for Indiana. Hopefully we'll see uh, You know what? <laughs> if you want to guarantee that I run in 2024, let's get Jeff Moore uh, a victory in the state of Indiana secretary of state's race. Let's not talk about 10% or, or That's second right. place votes in, in a third of the, our Indiana counties. Let's talk about what happens when a libertarian wins the Indiana secretary of state's race. Thanks so yes, much. Indeed. Thank you, Mr. Don. No Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you, Donald Rainwater. <laughs> Thank you, Spike Cohen. Thank you for everybody coming on the show. It's an incredible evening so far. We're about to get wrapped up. We only have a couple of candidates left, and we will not waste one second on them. They're all going to be absolutely incredible. So I think we actually have the real James Seniac coming up. I, I can't say for sure because all of my freaking notes here have been destroyed <laughs> by the Judai master, Spike Cohen himself, who is actually posed as like multiple different people tonight. So um, uh, hopefully we have James coming up, and I think we do. However, in the last one second of this rant, please smash that like button, that subscribe button, and that notifications bell. You can follow me on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave me a review telling me how absolutely terrible I am, how fast, fantastically great and absurdly phenomenal that my guests are. Five stars, please, for the guests. If you can segregate them, you can leave me negative one star because I know I'm terrible, but my guests are absolutely phenomenal. So please do that. Follow me everywhere. Help me out. Your view and download on Anchor.fm or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically everywhere, gets me one cent per download. And you'd be amazed at the fact that this show is less than one and a half years old, and I have thousands upon thousands of downloads. So that helps me and my family through this through this inflationary cycle. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Let's talk to James. I think it's James. We'll see. Hey, we'll see for a second. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Not the great James. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being oh, yeah. here. 
and uh, we're spreading the business together. So let's continue this conversation. How's it going? Uh, it's going really well. Thank you for coming back on. I know you guys are busy. I won't keep you long. Y'all are having a bunch of fun out there. But um, how are things going with you? How are things going with your race? What do you need? What can we do to help you? Yeah, so things are going really well with my race. We're spreading message of liberty across the whole state of Indiana. My goal is that every single Hoosier in Indiana will hear the libertarian message uh, from the Senate level, and uh, it'll help down ballot candidates. It'll help Jeff's race because uh, the more quality candidates we put out, the better messages we put out. Uh, it'll help us all as a whole state. So we have a lot of big goals in Indiana. Uh, it's going tremendously well. Uh, that traveling has is, is been an amazing experience. I get to meet people in their communities. So that has been an incredible experience. That's awesome. So we talked not too long ago, probably about the same time around William and I talked somewhere in March, April or so, which changed since then. So I don't know if I had the nomination when we last talked, but I am the nomination for the U.S. Senate race. Uh, we, we did have that um contested race, which is interesting because the Republicans and the Democrats did not have a contested race in their uh, in their primaries. So I'm the only one on the ballot for the Senate race that was contested. Uh, we since then, we've been progressing with our message. We're still trying to work on some of that fundraising, some of the behind the scenes, getting volunteers excited. But the reality is, is we're continuing to be uh, do amazing things with the resources we do have, which includes 15 town halls. We did those across uh, all of Indiana and we, the Democrats actually invited us out. Uh, I'm now getting invites from the Republican party saying, Hey, will nice. you come to our County meeting to talk about your race, which, uh, that in itself is very intriguing that both Democrats and Republicans are inviting us to their events. So, uh, ultimately we are, uh, making an impact. And then additionally to that, I did get news just this week. So this is, this is fresh news. I will be, I will have an official debate on October 16th. And so we're going to debate Todd Young and we're going to take uh, his votes nice. and, and show voters what record he actually has and how he's wasting their money, uh, contributing directly to inflation. And ultimately, Hoosiers have a better choice on their ballot this election. That's excellent. What's your uh, what's your website real quick? Yeah, www.seniac4senate.com. That's S-C-E-N-I-A-K. And the uh, uh, word for F-O-R. So seniac4senate.com. You can get on there. You can donate. Uh, if you are in the area and you want to volunteer, you can volunteer through there. And additionally, you can send a message through there and just reach out to my campaign and myself. And we'll try to message you back and make sure that any questions get answered. But I'm really about representing the people. And if I'm not out here representing you um, and being able to answer your questions, then I shouldn't be a serious candidate. That's right. I mean, man, I love that freaking last statement right there. Uh, did I get that right? Seniac for Senate.com. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah, Thank good. you. Very good. Yeah. You're very welcome. So um, one of your things is, well, you got three things here and I, I want to brush through them relatively quickly because we got a couple of more people to go, but I do want you to give me a, a little bit of elaboration on fiscal sanity. What, yeah, what so does that mean to you and how do you want to fix it? Look, our nation is in a crisis mode right now. We have 9% inflation rate across America. Uh, I think maybe just got reduced to 8%, but that's still way too high. Uh, it's 
It's affecting Hoosiers' wallets. It's affecting Americans' wallets. And so I'm looking at fiscal policy and saying, we can do better. We can do better for the American people. We can uh, stop and slow the spread of inflation and really represent Americans' money better in Washington. So there's multiple facets to this. Um, when people want more details, I, I point them to Rand Paul's penny plan, something like that, a balanced mm-hmm. budget, some basic policies that in your household, it makes sense. And it doesn't just make sense in your household. It makes sense for Washington. Washington will continue to try to spread lies about how this is an investment in the future. But what it really is, is it's putting your kids into debt. And that is a crisis. Uh, I look at my nieces and I say, I don't want them to suffer through our choices now in Washington. I want them to have the same economic opportunity. So Again, we're looking at the uh, inflation rate. We got to stop printing so much on the Fed. We got to get that balanced budget. Rand Paul's penny plan, again, amazing plan. A lot of this has already been presented. It just needs more voices behind it. So when it comes to fiscal sanity, absolutely important. Todd Young is very weak on this issue. He voted for over $11 trillion in deficit spending. Get this, as a Republican, he's spending more than Bernie Sanders in the same time period. (laughs) Absolutely insane. Um, And I know I'm going to address the debates and he's not going to have an answer for it. Of course, he's not going to have an answer for it because he doesn't. He's not principled. This is ridiculous. I mean, if you look, this is oh, my God, I could go on for hours on this. I mean, this guy has a a, a finance or a fiscal plan that outpaces Bernie Sanders. Then you're voting for the wrong people. Okay. Exactly. And that's what the that's the exact message I need to reach Hoosiers ears. And when they realize that it's true, a couple of people didn't believe me when I said it. And I said, look, here's here's my sources. They went back to my sources and they're like, dang, this is absolutely right. Uh we have to do something now about this. And and the crazy part is, is he's trying to run on fiscal policy. He's trying to run up that he's gonna do something about inflation. But the direct correlation is his policies is what is affecting inflation. It's why our wallets are hurting right now. So as soon as Hoosiers understand the facts, uh, and we don't have to present that with tons of numbers, we just have to make them aware of his spending habits. Uh, just like, you know, the every family has someone who spends more than their budget. Uh, that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, it's it, that <laughs> that that's amazing. And the best part about it, really, honestly, is because these people are showing their hands, y'all. They are letting you know who they are. Believe them when they tell you and they vote the way they do who they are. These quote unquote conservatives are not fiscally conservative. They are just as bad or worse as an outspoken, admitted, freaking socialist. Neglect them, reject them at all costs. Vote libertarian. Cineac for Senate.com. My man, give us a, a, a couple of last statements real quick, please. Yeah, so uh, definitely consider a fresh approach to Washington, D.C. I know you have viewers from all across America. We're doing huge things in Indiana. I know you've heard from many other candidates and, and people tonight that's how serious we're taking this in Indiana. But the Senate race is is a very important race. We have many important races. Uh, but the Senate one is that message that is going to be uh, reached a lot of ears in our state. So I do need donations. www.seniorforsenate.com slash donate. He's got that up on the screen for you. But as many donations as we can, we are absolutely making that money um, go places. So, you know, physical places, I, I have travel expenses. And then also we're going to do a lot of the advertising blitzes coming up. So 
uh, definitely consider donating. If you have time and you're in the area, definitely consider volunteering as well. I'm a great team to think. So thank you for making this event successful. And uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate being able to get my message out. No, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on this uh, show, man. It's incredible. And I, I was really hope that everything that we're doing is going to help you and your race. I've had you on the show before. I love you. I think you're great. And, and I'll support you in any absolute manner that I, I can wholeheartedly. So again, thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I think Jeff's up next. So we'll get him on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get Jeff on. So again, Cineac for Senate.com. It's right there on the screen now let's get to jeff i know that the night is getting long so I want it to is and i won't be long-winded good evening again no I'm you're good let me get you on the screen real quick there we go good to go All yeah, right. yeah thank you for joining me man how are you it's it's a good night uh and so there's there's a house full and yard full of libertarians here so we're out socializing talking having a good time but really okay. caring about the issues so i wish you could see some of that uh, but there's a house full of people and a lot of a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, a lot of good things happening. That's excellent. So uh, Don has said that your race is one of the most important because something that America as a whole with both on the left and the right. And I hate to use that dichotomy because it, it's actually a non sequitur. It really doesn't exist. But that's how the media and the government has portrayed our society in order to maintain their, uh, let's say, atmosphere of divide and conquer strategy. But it is what it is, right? So to relate to the people that are out there, the non-libertarians that are going to listen to this show and still believe between the left and right dichotomy, that's what we're living in. And one of the things that Don Rainwater has expressed over and over again tonight is how important your election is because of how valuable and important an election integrity is. So talk to us about that, please. Sure. So election integrity is a big word, right? What does that actually mean? How, how do you touch it? How do you see it? How do you measure it? And one of the challenges of mm. a free society is making sure that our voices are heard and that we're truly free. I like to say that elections are how we agree to disagree. And the most important yeah. part of an election is that the loser has to agree that we accept, the loser accepts the outcome of the election. And if we don't trust the process, then we don't accept those results and we've lost it, right? We've lost the Republic. So elections are critical. This is, this is a vital function for everything that we are as Americans and as Hoosiers. So we have to get this right. And under the last, particularly after the last several cycles, the elections have been so close. The race has been so close. There have been so many concerns about tampering and fraud and all kinds of um, influence that we have to look at these and make sure that we re we stabilize and resecure our elections. So that means, in a word, means adding or rebuilding integrity in the elections. But how do we actually implement that? What do we? What are the actions that we take? Tell me something to do to get us there. And I've looked at two key things. The first are going to be receipts. The second are going to be audits. And the receipt, the thing about it is inclusive or exclusive testing. The receipt is inclusive. It shows that 
there's my vote, there's my voice, I've been heard. You can look at it, you can point to it, you can be confident that you're included. The other side is, well, you know, some, somebody will say, whether it's you or your neighbors, somebody will say, well, there's 100,000 dead people who woke up and voted. Okay, for that, we need the audit. Or somebody cheated this way, or these people don't actually live there. There are a million different ways or possibilities for falsifying an election. And getting to the root of that, getting to a complete audit is key and fundamental. So auditing all of our counties. And so in Indiana, we have 92 counties. Um, and Noel, do you want to guess how many counties currently get audited after an election? Nine. That's very close. So out of 92, only five <laughs> counties get audited. And oh this is, God. there's not necessarily one smoking gun, but there are a compounding series of issues. So a, a sort of death by a thousand cuts more than that. Yeah. And this is, this is a big one. This one stinks. So let's talk about what these audits are and are not. And I, you know, here when I say audits, it's, I'm going to put it in air quotes because it's not an audit. A business would never accept this as an audit. So the organization that does auditing is called VSTOP and it's an acronym. Um, I, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but it is an organization that's based at a ball state, but they're state employees and they answer to the secretary of state. So it's very clear that they are auditing their boss. And we shouldn't be surprised when the audit comes out and said, wow, our boss is great. He or she did a great job. That is, there is a, there, there is not an independent audit. Uh, more than that, VSTOP is the same organization that certifies the machines. So imagine if they discover, oh, there's been a problem with the machines. They're corrupted. The results are all corrupted. We can't trust the election results. Well, if they discover that, then they're the ones who same, uh, the, earlier, previously certified machines which means that they are conflicted and they should not be doing the post-election audit. Uh, sort of like whoever counts the cash shouldn't be the person to turn in the cash. Right. <laughs> if, if, if we treated votes like we treat cash, we'd know where our votes are. That's right. That's, so that's right. A, Amen. That's a fundamental problem. That's a fundamental problem. Um, on top of that, they pick which counties, which of the five counties they're going to audit. They pick which races, they pick which machines they're going to audit. And they don't tell us what their methodology is. They don't even pretend that it's random. Maybe it is, but they won't tell us. They won't say. So we don't know. We have to assume that it's not. And there's nothing that we know is statistically representative about this audit sample. We, we, the sample could be very, very specifically selected. So after all of this, they don't even publish the report. It's a big secret. It's a giant big wow. secret. We don't know. In fact, the Libertarian, Evan McMahon was on earlier. He is the chair of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. And the Libertarian Party of Indiana, uh, about two weeks ago, filed an open records request uh, from a couple different agencies, the Election Commission, Secretary of State's office, and from VSTOP directly for a copy of that audit. So, Matt, everybody is now looking for paperwork and pointing to say, no, this office needs to give it to you. That office needs to give it to you. You should talk to them. Uh, either way, we we libertarians don't yet, the public doesn't yet have a copy of the 2020 post-election audit report. So this is from two years ago. Remember, we're still first figuring out maybe there's an alert in there. Maybe there's an alarm. Maybe they found something that should be corrected or, or strengthened, a vulnerability. And we just don't know. That's all part of the problem. And to make things worse still, that's not even all of it. In Indiana, only or 60% or, or of all votes cast in Indiana have no paper backup whatsoever. So, Noel, I, I don't know if you remember the 2000 election. You look youthful behind your beard. Yeah, I'm, I'm 39, but oh, I right. vaguely, 
I vaguely remember the uh, the 2000 election, but I was not really involved in politics. Okay, that's fair. So um, it was, I think that was the first election I voted in, and I'm a year older than you are. So in in 2000, we had a problem in Florida, and we had hanging Chad and pregnant Chad. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, most people do. Uh, People of our vintage remember that. And the thing here is there was a paper backup. There was an original source document that we could go to and look at and say, this is the, the vote that was cast. And for 60%, the majority of votes cast in Indiana, there's no paper backup whatsoever. So when we talk about an audit, it's going back to the computer and say, hey, computer, do you remember that number you gave me earlier? Can you tell me that number again? That's meaningless. That's a meaningless audit. And again, if we treated our votes as we treated cash, we would, we'd be counting our votes. So that's a big problem. The audit and auditing processes we have are completely insufficient for the complexity and vulnerabilities of a complex system. So one of the things I'm setting out to do is to audit all 92 counties and to do a real meaningful and independent audit. Uh, And then we also need to talk about the sequencing here. So Noel, do you want to guess when, uh, so one of the, the key roles of the secretary of state is he or she signs off and certifies the elections. It is the buck stop here. The buck stops here moment where somebody's name is on this dotted line that says the elections are good. And that will be my job as secretary of state. Do you want to guess when those elections get certified? Yes. Uh, I'm going to. Okay. So this guess is going to be predicated upon the standard of which that I understand uh, in a whole holistic nature of all Mm -hmm. states. Right. So I'm going to guess that it's going to be within 24 to 40, supposed to be within 24 to 48 hours of the election day. Not a bad guess. Uh, in this case, you get a little bit more time. Uh, so federal law requires, for, certainly for federal elections, that uh, the elections are certified within 30 days. 30 days. And 30 days. And that that gives time to evaluate, to do recounts. So there's, there's some time built into the schedule for that, which is good. That's necessary. But the post-election audit takes months. And you know, here we are two years out, and we still don't have a public copy of the report. So what I'm calling for is a complete and independent audit that's going to have to be done by not government employees, right? We're going to need a special team that's that's good because that's independent, um, that's coming in from the outside of government to not audit its own work. That's what makes an independent audit independent. Right. So we're going to have that independent audit done within the 30 days so that by the time I am asked to certify the elections and sign my name to it saying, I trust the elections. I trust that the process is good. I trust that the results and outcomes are correct. We'll actually have some evidence and a third party, in third independent outside party, a professional auditor verifying that. Wow. Okay. Um, real quick before I, I want to ask you another question real quick. Sure. I, I want to ask you a couple more. We're, we're way late on time. doesn't matter. But before I get to my next couple of questions, give us your website again, real please. Sure. The website is more for Indiana. That's M-A-U-R-E-R for Indiana.com. That's all spelled out. And uh, just like all the other candidates here, we're 
we're running real campaigns. So that means real expenses as we're getting out across the state. Uh, we've got radio ads that have been recorded and getting on air. We're doing the real things that real professional campaigns and candidates do. So uh, we're all, I should also point out we're an all-volunteer staff. So look at what we're able to achieve with the, the relatively small funds that we have compared to the old parties. And I would challenge you, go look online, follow us on social media, because you can see that we're running neck and neck with our Democrat Republican opponents, but we're doing it with a fraction of the cost. So if you like the way that libertarians campaign, you're going to love the way libertarians run government. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, what I wanted to ask you is, you're saying that within 30 days of, and I was way off, you were very complimentary you that was very nice. Thank you. I said 24, 78, 72 hours. It's hard uh, to guess, right? What, what makes sense? And what you're touching on is actually something really important. So Americans have become habituated to expecting immediate instant gratification, right. election yeah. night results, right? All the media covers it that yeah. night. And that puts a tremendous amount of pressure to all of our county clerks. Uh, and it's said that nine, Indiana has 92 different elections. And there's a lot of truth in that because every county is a little bit different. Um, but in speaking with county clerks and meeting with election uh, day staff and poll workers, they are under so much pressure. It's a tough job. Let's pause and give them respect for standing up and doing really important yeah. work under very challenging conditions. And then everybody expects to have instantaneous, perfect results. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. Even just to get the files, the data from, you know, remember these aren't, these are air gap machines, so they're not supposed to be connected to the internet to get the election result, the data tabulations from the polling centers to the secretary of state's office, which is, or sorry, to the clerk's office, which is probably going to be in the county clerk building, county court building in the county seat. That could be easily 30 to 45 minutes drive across the county in order to get it there. So the sheer time to be able to process that and produce results takes hours and days. And yet yeah. we expect to have instantaneous results. It just doesn't work that way. And you're correct that that's what the expectation is, but we all need to take a deep breath and let the professionals do their work. Yeah. But we also have to, and what I'm saying here, when I say we also have to, I'm wanting to concrete and double back on the fact that you were saying, let's let independent people that are nonpartisan, let's let them take their time to do their work. Right. So that to me is huge. We do live in, I, I talk about this all the time. So what you're saying to me just resonates a bunch. We live in a microwave society. We, we expect instantaneous results almost all the time habitually. And so it, it's paramount that we let our independent workers, non-biased, hopefully, hope to God we can get some, you know, and I think we can with the right authoritative oversight, do their work and get that process thoroughly investigated and make sure that we're doing everything to the T and by the book, because the way our country, and look, I probably shouldn't even go down this rabbit hole because we're way over time. And I definitely want to have you back on the show and talk about this with you specifically. You're a highly intelligent individual. I can see that. And I love that. I appreciate it very much. And your insight into this is very fantastic. So with all these compliments, I, I, with all these compliments, how would I not want to come back? Oh yeah, you you don't want to come back because I yeah no I, I'm not nearly the intelligent manner that that I'm giving you credit for, but I'll give you the compliments. That's no, very kind of you. I, I'm grateful. Man. Thank you. 
No, no, yeah, you're very welcome. But I just, um, you know, you recognize things, right? Being in this position, talking to a lot of a lot of people, mm-hmm. I get to talk to a lot of people all over the country, and technically all over the planet, and so I recognize things, I appreciate things, and this is one of the things that I appreciate very much so because you have great and valuable insight into it, election integrity and what it actually that process, what that means, what that is actually needed to go through for us to have a fair and free election, which is what you hear all the time, right? That's that cliche phrase. We need to have free and fair elections, but nobody ever actually expounds upon what that means, what that looks like, what that entails. You just did in a very short scope amount of time. So I'd like to flesh that out even further beyond this uh, very small conversation that we just had. And so if it's okay with you, I would love to have you back on and we can, uh, we can, we can elaborate this on even further. Phenomenal. There's much more to discuss there. I promise that's the high level version. So we'll talk right. offline and get a time to get into some more details. Uh, but I'm very grateful for you just for just raising this issue, right? The, the, the operating system behind the elections is not the most exciting thing that people want to talk about. And yet it is right. so fundamental. It is how we have the United States of America. It's how we agree to disagree. It's how we choose our leaders and it's how we choose our futures. So we have to get this right. And any conversation around that is time well spent. Thank you. Amen. No, yeah. Thank you very much. You guys are very busy. I held you a little bit longer than everyone else. I apologize for that, but I'm, I'm deeply interested in what you have to say. And most of the time when the two people that are on the camera or in front of the camera, however you want to look at it, when they're interested in X or Y or Z, then typically the audience tends to engage as well. So um, I would love to have you back on. We need to flesh this out even further. But for now, let's hold that thought and let's let everyone know how exactly they can follow you, what they need to do to get you elected in 2022, so forth and so on. Sure. So again, the website is mortarforindiana.com. That's M-A-U-R-E-R for Indiana.com. All spelled out. From there, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, even YouTube and TikTok now. So we're just trying to get the message out and and to be where the voters are. And sometimes that means being on TikTok. So we're going to be there too. Um, And most importantly, so yes, campaigns need cash. uh, And if you are able to donate, please do. That will help us continue to get our message out there and share this education with the voting base. Um, But more than that, we are always grateful for volunteers. And that means phone calls, text messages, uh, postcards, uh, you name it, research. There's no emails on behalf of the campaign. There's no shortage of work that a campaign needs. So volunteer time, and it could be from anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. If you're in outer space, if you've got a Wi-Fi connection, an internet connection, you too can help. So um, find a way, connect to the website, and we'll be very grateful for your assistance in doing all the above. Outstanding. Jeff, thank you so much, man. I'm going to talk to you very soon. If you have a Twitter, please follow me and then um, follow Jeff as well. I'm, I'm actually talking to Jeff, but everybody follow us both on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can find us. But please, um, you know, let's link up and let's get an immediate show together. 
because there's a lot of people that are going to want to hear what you have to say. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Talk to you very soon. Thank you. And so from all of us here, and I'm going to get back out to the party in a moment here, but yes. thank you for having all of us on. I know it's been a parade and we're very grateful to be joining you this evening and very excited about all the work that we're able to do here. Thank you for um, to all your listeners. And we're just grateful to be able to carry the torch forward. No, thank you all very much. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you very soon. All right. Good night, guys. Take care. Good night. Absolutely freaking amazing. I mean, just incredible. Like Cassie said, man, what a show. Absolutely. These people are great. We're talking about the entire Libertarian Party of Indiana just absolutely killing it. Look, there are so many parties all across the country, not parties, I'm sorry, so many libertarian parties all across the country doing the same thing, being this great, absolutely killing it. So please check them out. But for now, for tonight, for tonight, check out the Libertarian Party of Indiana. Again, I got to throw this up there. Thank you so much, Cassie. You are an amazing asset. I've met Cassie in person, phenomenal human being all up in that liberty movement, doing what she can, where she can, when she can, just like everybody else tonight. As Chris says, El Pen is pro, though. Libertarian Party of Indiana, y'all. Libertarian Party of Indiana. Spend more time here. And don't forget, follow me. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. Google the Cajun Libertarian. And don't forget, if you haven't already, please hit that like button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. The best way, to, the best, easiest way, you don't have to do anything other than click a button is hit the share right here. Let's get the message out. Let's get the support and the funds and every resource needed that these people will use properly to push forward your individual freedoms. And this has been an absolutely fantastic episode of the Cajun Libertarian Show when we were live with basically the entire party, or at least the uh, most of the candidates running for the Libertarian Party of Indiana and Spike Cohen himself. With that being said, I will see you Sunday night for re regular scheduled program programming. All of a sudden, I can't talk. Weird. Um, same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. Can't wait to see you then. Sunday night, great guests. Six Central, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. As I said, same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. And you know the closing line. I'm out.